Hello and welcome back to The Odd Pod. In this week's podcast, we'll be talking about adversity, reflecting on some of the thoughts and lessons from our recent webinar with Mike Fisher, the founder of the British Association of Anger Management. I really hope you enjoy it. UK Doc is a charity supporting the mental health and well-being of doctors. To help support us as a charity, please check out our text donate options in our podcast description. To find out more about UK Doc, please check out our Instagram page and our website. This will be a conversational piece hosted by Chris Cherry. I hope you enjoy it. It's worth bearing in mind that these are the thoughts, opinions and experiences of those involved in the conversation only. Welcome to this week's UOK Doc podcast. I'm here with Mark Seaman and Dan Giran. This week we're going to be talking about adversity and the opportunities that we can make from being in adverse situations. Earlier in the week we had Mike Fisher on a webinar conversation where he brought up in a very useful, important ways around adversity. So welcome to you, the two of you. For this week's podcast. I know you both listened to Mike Fisher's talk, found several points very valuable. What are some of the things that stood out for in his conversation with us? So I thought that Mike Fisher described uh, some overlapping features of what Caroline Webb also described, um, which is about how to handle adversity. Caroline Webb we had on the week before, didn't we? Discussing yeah. discussing resilience. It, it seemed quite a nice segue into talking about adversity and opportunities. So some of it, you were reminded of some of that. Yeah, no, I thought it dovetailed in quite well. The uh, So one of them, uh, kind of uh, Mike Fisher was referring to labelling as a way of handling adversity. Obviously, he had some other points as well there. And, and you know, and, and I think one of them was surrounding, you know, out of every negative, there is a positive. I think that's what Mike was trying to to say and always trust your future self and things like that. But I, uh, which, which I think is quite nice for people to hear is that always trust your future self. So I think that's something that doctors, you know, are always anticipating is when they make a decision at work, they're always going, how will this have a knock on effect for the patient and their patient journey? That seems like a really important point to go deeper into. But just just go back a few steps. When you say labeling, just remind us what is meant by labeling. So for me, I don't know if this is the, the textbook definition, but for me, labeling, when Caroline Webb and, and Mike Fisher were referring to it, I felt they were referring to it in an aspect of recognizing when you're feeling a certain emotion and saying, I am anxious or I feel low or I'm upset and recognizing that. And then either, you know, putting it to one side, even if it's just for a minute, just recognizing it, and then you can come back to it later. But by the act, but by the very act of recognizing it, you immediately start to face and deal with that issue that you're feeling at that time. It does seem amazing just literally being able to name something makes such a powerful impact on how we're feeling. Caroline and Mike, it just it just seems so it seems such a simple thing to do and yet it also seems quite hard to do. It's almost like you have to push back against the negative to do it, you have to name it. What were some of the thoughts you had, Mark? Yeah, I think following on from that point, again I guess it it highlights how important reflective practice is, you know, recognizing what in that situation made you feel that you were facing an, an adverse condition or that you were feeling that you were f- afraid of something or that it was a tough, tough moment. You know, what about that made it hard? And then being able to label it and um, look at it and learn from it. Again, it just highlights how important 
noticing things are and looking at that moment and saying what, what was happening that made me feel that way. And another thing you mentioned that was really interesting was talking about catastrophizing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. avoiding doing that. I think that's something doctors do all the time is uh, look at a situation unless you're in the moment, which was, a, again, another interesting point you made about being in the moment and not always worrying about the future aspect. But in the moment, if, you, if you're focused on the, the task at hand, you don't really have to look ahead too many steps um, and catastrophize it and make it a, a, you know, let, let that feeling snowball if you just take the situation you have at that time and address it and then look back at it afterwards and reflect and say, okay, this is what I did. This is what happened. You know, it went well, it didn't go badly, but I think it's easy sometimes to maybe if you get a bleep or a call and someone tells you, Oh my gosh, there's this person, they're really unwell. This is happening. And you're on the way there and you're thinking, you do think through all the steps you're going to do. So you're prepared and it's almost automated when you get there. But sometimes it's easy then to think, you know, the worst case situation is like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can handle this. I, I, this could happen. Um, are they going to be worse than I think they are? So that when you get to the situation, you're already so worked up that um, it makes it harder to cope with at the time. And I think that by not catastrophizing, by saying, you know, being in the moment to be like, I know this, I can handle this, I can be supportive if I need it. And then you get there and you take it step by step in the moment at the time. It makes it easier to deal with some of those adverse things you come across. And I think also the, cause you're, you're sort of said it very well, the sort of holding of the kind of mental and emotional sort of tensions, but also this kind of powerful loop, the sort of feedback loop that also your body is sending to your brain of the sort yeah. of stress it's under, the sort of fight, flight, frozen positions that we can take. And how that kind of, with the sort of stress hormones that then start to affect the uh, mood, the, the way we're processing things. It seems to be very clear that doing the things that you've just sort of articulated kind of can keep, literally keep the body more calm. Mm. It's sort of working both mentally, emotionally and physically. Do you have your own sort of examples of, I think Mike talked about it, didn't he? Or was it Caroline? It was Caroline, wasn't it? Talked about how you notice what, what happens in your body that makes you realize that you're then under stress or tension? Do you have your own sort of examples of that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, when I'm talking, when I mentioned about the, you know, catastrophizing events and then being in the moment, that's yes. definitely a, a, a learned process for me where I think every doctor has multiple times a day, potentially, especially when they're on call or when they're dealing with something difficult or they haven't dealt with before. You know, it's uh, you have a lot of responsibility um, as the doctor on the ward or as a doctor in a GP practice or as a doctor anywhere, if someone's asking you a question and it's something you're not, you're not sure how to handle or you think, oh gosh, it could go badly, it does make the heart rate go up. It does um, make you worry that you're going to make that wrong decision or because you have that sense of responsibility and you have that duty of care, everyone wants to do the best thing. And you're always a little bit worried, especially if you haven't done it before, that the thing that you're going to advise or things you're going to do might make things worse, might not be the right thing and things might not get better. So it does make you anxious at the time and it does it does make it very easy to catastrophize. For some people, there might be an element of avoidance as in they might uh, try to bounce off onto someone else. But I think most of the situations you're in, you're the one that's going to have to handle it in the first instance. Mm-hmm. As you As you get through and as you get used to it, it does become a bit easier, but because, I mean, we're talking about adversity and doctors are constantly bombarded with adverse things and it isn't just 
the situations are in where they, they've been asked to do a certain thing and that's difficult. It's also the environment. Um, you know, you're, you're working in a, in a stressed, in a stressed environment where there's resources might not be as readily available as you'd like. You might be on a night shift. It might be 2am. There might be a rotor gap. So you're having to deal with more than you'd expect. So there's all these other things as well that come into play. Um, so even if you're used to handling a situation, some of those little things that you've created to adapt to it, like being prepared, like, oh, I know where this is, or um, I'm just going to do this. And then if that thing isn't available, it can sometimes tip you over the edge stress-wise. You can be like, oh, gosh, how am I going to do this now? You're, you're running around at like 3 a.m. trying to find a particular piece of kit or something. And it, it just sometimes it makes things a bit more stressful. I don't know what you think, Dan. I'm starting to ramble. <laughs> I think there's definitely situations probably in most doctors' career where whether there's been a miscommunication or there's that you know a 10 second window where maybe as a doctor you're looking at the computer screen you're reading a result and maybe you don't read it really that correctly and you have this massive fear that you've missed something and actually it's completely irrational like you look you look back you double check what you've read and actually you've read it incorrectly and you realize the result is what you thought it would be but those five ten seconds where you where you think you know, you've read it, how, how your mind has worse feared it, feared that situation. It triggers a real physical response. And then, and then you realize, well, actually, actually, there's nothing wrong at all. That was just me completely overreacting, completely misread it. Yeah. But it's almost, you know, it take, it's milliseconds for that response to kick in. So it's almost always there under the surface. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like, even when you see a result you're not expecting, or you've read it in a certain way, sometimes it can go the other way as well. You can you know, you can have done an invest, like done a VBG or an ABG to see, you know, what someone is. And there's a, an ABG or a VBG is a, is a quick blood test that can tell you a, a lot about a patient, whether they're very unwell at that moment, that you can make a lot of decisions based upon. Um, but there's a lot of information on it. And often you only look at a few of those points. And then if that patient becomes unwell a little bit later, I mean, it's happened to me recently where I've, I've done a, a blood gas on someone who was actually fairly well and I wasn't really that worried and I said like one thing wasn't right on it and uh, I heard that they'd got a lot more unwell um, later and um, when I'd come back on the team the next day I was like oh did I miss something did I miss this one little bit of data that could have changed the management at the time that I was like you know put me in a bad mindset and uh, I was very worried and anxious about it it turned out you know I looked at it I'd found it later in the day to go through it and I hadn't missed it um, and that wasn't what the problem was. But sometimes you think you've missed things as well. And that can make you feel anxious and like, oh, I didn't do the best job I should have at the time. And usually you have, but it's easy to catastrophize the situation. Obviously, that's the other thing with medicine is that you have to have the strength to realize that actually conditions change over time. So even if, which in your case it was, your your results were completely fine. I've been in situations where I've been on a night shift and the patient's been completely fine during the day. In fact, it's been a very careful doctor that's only that's kept them in the hospital and then they've completely gone downhill overnight, with, still without a diagnosis. Um, uh, and it's only come to fruition when they deteriorated. And it's having that confidence to realize that actually conditions change yeah. over time. Uh, and it's not just a, a, a pinpoint. And it's being quite strong in that, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, when you first see them in A&E, it may not be how they are three days down the line, okay. whether they're completely better in one situation or if they completely deteriorated you've got to be quite strong in your mindset that you've 
done everything you can at that point in time. Yeah, I think it's recognizing that you are, you know, everyone does the best they can. You know, no one's deliberately going off the book or ignoring things. You do everything you can at the time and situations do definitely evolve. As the new doctors come in and they, and they, they start to go on call and experience a lot of these different challenges, I think it really is important. And I, I still don't, don't do this very well, but I think it really is important that they recognize that um, people are in hospital because they're unwell things do go badly sometimes and it won't be their fault. It's important that they pick up on things when they do go unwell and, and escalate it as appropriate, obviously, but thing, things do go unwell. People are unwell in hospital and you do deal with these difficult situations that are quite sudden and unexpected at times. I mean, the way you two are talking, I mean, you, you've spoken so clearly and articulately about some of the key points that, that as a therapist and uh, wellbeing practitioners would, would sort of identify. One of the interesting things is you that underpins everything you do is a sense of purpose. I mean, they, when they talk about dealing with adversity, it's reminding yourself of your purpose. And the work you do, central to it, is, is it brings real meaning to your lives. You feel it as meaningful for you all, which is an interesting one because you, you, you lot are sort of working in environments that are so heavily challenging and stressful and distressing, but it's inseparable from the work. So in a, in a sense that the very things that for, for most people would, would feel overwhelming, it gives you the opportunity to come, that in a way that's the opportunity for you to remind yourself this is part of why it's meaningful. It's inseparable from the work I do. Yeah. Um, and therefore this, it's inseparable from the purpose of my work. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's something that's easy to forget is that people come to you because they are unwell and you're dealing with those situations in a, in a very stretched yeah. system. Yeah. The, part of the, the best part of the job is when you, know, you, you make people better or help people get better. And you've done it often through quite adverse conditions for both the patient yourself and the system but it's very easy to forget that <laughs> it's very easy to forget that you've done some good sometimes yes i mean yeah the sheer volume of challenging situations must make it you can get swept away by it or the undertow of it i can imagine sort of before you know it you've sort of lost that connection with the purpose the meaning of what you're doing yeah especially when you think a lot of the time you think things are going really well and then there's a bit of a curveball in there and then things don't go so well sometimes. And sometimes it can make you doubt or second guess, you know, what you were doing. Um, but I think it's important to, for everyone to remember the good bits and that they are, you know, everyone's working in a, in a system to try and do the best thing they can. That is the job. It reminded me of one of the things that I thought was quite valuable from Mike's conversation that, that I had with him was about being the curveball. I mean, I talk about being ahead of the curve, but he was talking about being the curveball that you you begin to be flexible. Yeah. You, you're sort of not you're not outside of you. You are the curveball, so that by its very nature, you're sort of adapting and responding to each situation rather yeah. than having to react necessarily. You you also seem to be saying that adversity also gives you insight. That literally, the the the, the environments you're in, the, the the decisions you have to take, which by their very nature are stressful, challenging, but it's within that that you get insights about what your response is going to be medically. Yeah, I think as a doctor, you have to have kind of insight into your own practice. I think there's quite a lot of studies on this, on kind of, you know, you're, you know, you're always going through like a vicious cycle of, of what you know, what you don't know, and then what, what you think you know, and what you actually know, etc, etc. 
And I think part of being a doctor's practice is to reflect on the on the good, on the positive, but also the negative, and take on board those those take home messages. And I think that that actually the more reflective practice that I've done, the more you actually realise is that you know if there's a positive event that's happened, it's a cascade of positive events that has happened during that patient's journey that that has led them uh, to that event. It's the working together of a team it's a you know it's a working together of a you know the doctor the the labs getting all the results out etc etc and if it's gone negatively it's usually a similar thing it's usually there's there's been kind of micro maybe not negative things but there's been it's been multiple events that have led to that one event that you may be reflecting on cultivating i mean when we talked about building a healthy mind toolkit or whatever it was um, in the last podcast after talking to Caroline Webb and after listening to Mike Fisher and all these podcasts we're doing, I guess we're, we're talking about practices that we've cultivated that help us. Um, and it's, it, I've said it before, but medicine is definitely a, a game of patterns. You do see similar scenarios unfold. Everyone is different and everyone's journey is different, but the, the overarching pattern of of you know a condition or of a, pa- a patient's journey you do see it again and again the variations in those patterns are the bits that sometimes catch you off guard and you you, you stop and you reflect but then you've learned something new yep. and when you first start in your journey as a as a medical student or as a doctor or, or in any part of life in any career you're learning how to recognize those blips and those patterns and, and what went well in those at those times and what didn't and you can improve on the things that didn't go well and retain the things that did go well uh, and how you, how you frame those is really important Renem- remembering that the way you mentally cope with something will get better because you do you do adapt to adverse conditions to an extent and you do find ways to manage for you and by recognizing what those are for you you know reflecting on them and and labeling them if you will you can improve upon them you can you start to use those coping mechanisms in different parts of your life and different parts of your job I, th- I think that's such a valuable sort of sort of thoughts reflections you've just shared there mark because i think part of these podcasts is for the student doctors who uh, i think will be hugely appreciative of the sort of insight i mean in a way the mentoring that you're sort of providing through these conversations as well as to your peers colleagues Dan, what, what were some of your thoughts yeah i think I mean, I, I I do think as you, I especially notice when with regards to insight that the more senior colleagues and as you become more senior, it's almost that you gain a wider, uh, well, you gain a better insight into issues that are occurring on the on the ward, and you gain um, a value uh, for those, I guess, for how a hospital runs and how a patient journey uh, evolves as as they're within a hospital or if you're in a GP setting. Uh, in the community, I do think that that's probably something that's learnt over time. So, by the time you're a fifth year medical student, you'll understand that journey a bit better than when a first year medical student. And uh, similarly, as you progress through the training system, that insight probably gets a bit deeper and a bit clearer as you gain an experience, which seems a bit obvious. But actually, on reflection, when you're when you're looking back, at, when I'm looking back as a medical student you think you understand it all uh, and you understand how it all works in some aspects you do your knowledge you know foundation is really high but actually the kind of the soft uh, skills of of having the insight are maybe 
not as high uh, as they are when you progress through the training. I'm sort of hearing both of you talk in, in, in different, sort of giving different examples of, of making peace with yourself, really. Both of your own humanness, the opportunity to learn, the, the necessity to learn, and that learning will come out of situations where, in one way or another, something has gone wrong. But just making peace with yourself about the environment, about the reality of situations. Making peace with yourself is definitely one of the most important parts of um, my own personal mental well-being and often that is through looking at situations and learning from them but also through talking about it for, with other people again we're going back to communication but I think making peace with yourself and and recognizing that you're human and make the best of things and do the best that you everyone wants to do the best they can but you shouldn't victimize yourself in a way that you're taking the negatives and inflicting it upon yourself as being you know you're not you're not the only person there where's the line between because i can imagine some people sort of then don't take responsibility <laughs> that they sort of um could sort of turn these sort of sort of insights sort of wisdom into a kind of um responsibility do yeah. where is the line do you think well i think at the end of the day you know you, you have to take responsibility for every action you take and i'm not saying I'm not saying that you're not responsible for the actions you do and just because someone else would have done it that that absolves you of of everything but I think it's the 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 important bit is to from the things that you do and do take responsibility you know if something hasn't gone well yeah um you own that moment take responsibility yeah. for it talk to someone about it and learn from it yeah I mean it's almost it's still a very opposite of not taking responsibility if yes you, if you don't take responsibility it will in the long term probably affect you in a negative way because if you've done if you've done something and you, you feel it hasn't gone well and you haven't addressed it at the time you haven't taken responsibility for that at the time even yeah. if it's not even if it isn't something that you know that that went wrong or even if it's something that you did it's just something you feel that you should have been responsible for yeah if you don't address it at the time and you don't take responsibility for it and you don't learn from it or talk about it those things can weigh on you. I mean, I suppose I was thinking that because responsibility, people can confuse feeling bad with taking responsibility, mm. that you don't have to feel bad in taking responsibility. No. I think so people can confuse that. That's what I'm reminded of. Yeah. It's a very specific thing. Yeah, just because you've taken responsibility to something doesn't mean you've done something wrong or that you should feel bad about something. It yeah. just means that yeah. you recognize that there's something that could have gone better or, or that something didn't go as you expected it to and yeah. uh, acknowledging that there might be a way to either normalize and say no that's what would have happened anyway yeah or to learn from it and improve on it you, you look like you're having quite deep thoughts there Dan. What, what are some of your uh... i think in in general i think if we were to look at another profession um whether that's being a pilot lawyer uh, a nurse a porter there's certain adverse situations that each of those will face in their own profession. And that will, for me, I would imagine my previous profession, which I will not name, uh, you, you know, some of those adverse situations were, you know, seemed absolutely like massive mountains to me at that point in time. Now, the reality was that I wasn't, you know, for me now dealing with patients and managing patients and uh, dealing with their illnesses is, far much more of a mountain but at that time I would never be able to uh, have that insight into have that insight into being a doctor um, but what, what I'm saying is that I don't think that I think having was, was that when you were training to be a professional badminton player <laughs> shut up 
<laughs> but what what I'm trying to say is that I think uh, every person in their uh, selected profession or career are faced with adverse situations. And I think uh, as doctors, we are also faced with with them. And I think that, you know, it's how we manage them and how we, uh, like what you're saying, Mark, you know, it's about accepting responsibility. That is actually okay. And a lot of it is, you know, it's, we're talking a lot about, um, I guess we're talking about situations in our jobs where there is a an adverse feeling in a particular job you're doing, but there's, there's massive um, system based factors in account. You know, there's all the other unknowable, untangible human based factors as well that come into adversity. I mean, I think one of the things, Mark, you've just reminded me of, and particularly as we're coming to the end of this podcast is just literally having this conversation uh, and sort of normalizing some of the things that people will internalize and start to kind of, go down down rabbit holes of sort of negativity or self-criticism of judgment. I mean, just literally having this conversation, beginning to be able to start a debate. And I think I'm reminded that, you know, it's such a rich um, topic, but also such a complex topic that these podcasts are only just the the really important act of, of getting the conversation started and just educating and informing and making, inviting people to have that conversation with us both uh, in the webinars and through the narrative uh, in terms of the huddles that are that are being set up because we want doctors to be part active part of these conversations and tell their own stories you've kick-started that process by sharing and talking about your own direct experiences and your own sort of insight and wisdom that's come into being over the years that you've been practicing so thank you both mark and uh, dan thanks very much chris Thanks, Chris. Well, so that was our discussion around the adversity webinar that we'd had with Mike Fisher last Thursday. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you missed the webinar, you can check out on our YouTube UOK Doc channel. The link for this is in the podcast description. And in some exciting news, we have a webinar series that starts on the 11th of June. We've got a great weekly lineup every Thursday for six weeks, featuring Caroline Webb, Mike Fisher, Tom Mitchell, Julia Samuels, Adam Kay, and Aman Kunar. Please check out our UOK.website under the huddle section to find out more about this exciting seminar series. And we look forward to seeing you again on our next podcast.